0: Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the Cosmos
1: from independent validator teams. Hey, uh, hello. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly um, podcast on the Cosmos from independent validator teams. Uh, and as you can see, we're now into a weird cold war with the beginning of the podcast. But on this week's episode, we are very, very excited because we have sister and.
2: You've got technical yeah. issues, mean?
1: I'm having technical issues.
2: Yeah. Yep, I so. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's good now. It's good. Now. Well, now it's good. Yeah. Now that you've said I've got technical issues, it's fantastic.
1: Right, okay, so it has it has cleared up the second that I've observed that there was a problem. Yes, that's computer programming for you, baby. okay, so uh yeah, welcome Shane, welcome Sisler, um, we're going to be talking about um nFTs obviously and their respective platforms and nFT Interop, and lots of exciting things. If you have any questions as we get going, uh drop them in the chat on youtube uh, and we'll we'll pose them. We've got a few from Twitter as well, which we'll get onto. Um, but first of all, we have our regular opening segment, which, Null, I know you've got lots of thoughts on this, dumbest thing you've seen in crypto this week. Would you like to go first?
2: Um, no, I don't want to go first. Um, I actually can't think of anything right now. I've been traveling all night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, wait, I can volunteer something. I will volunteer that because of uh, apparently completely misunderstanding how transitive Go dependencies work we had to do a second security release last weekend uh, after all of the fun we had with Juno last week Uh, and that was I think largely down to me uh, and uh, some other folks so that's the dumbest thing I've seen in crypto this week because I'm partly to blame for it Uh, Jabby do you want to go next Uh,
3: I guess I forgot to um, enable a Cosmos visor service once, and uh, Contabo rebooted one of my servers, and I missed quite a few blocks on a uh, Testnet. It was pretty dumb. Was dumb that this me. week? Oh, that was uh, earlier today.
1: Oh, right, okay. On Desmos I, Testnet, yeah. I also saw a dodgy Gen text from you as well. That was. Dumb. Oh, yeah, that's pretty dumb of me. What was that the, on? Now it looks like I'm just kind of sledging you, but but yeah. That's
2: fine. That's fine. Hey hey.
3: You, what what network was that on? Uh, Desmos testnet. Oh right right. Are oh, they they pulling up another testnet? Are they? Uh, they've been running the same
4: one for a while. Oh, Okay cool. Shilti, dumbest thing you've seen, man. Uh, I mean, I don't want to talk too much crap on myself, but uh, I was jailed on Cosmos. Uh, while it's out of power in Puerto Rico. So I'm not super proud about that, but I'm not to throw that out as the worst thing or the dumbest thing that I've seen. Uh, And I'm currently writing a script for being able to refund everyone, Um, 10,000 plus delegators, man, I'm starting to like load up, like create self-composed load balancers in order to get it going. And it's just, it's more of a task than you'd expect. (laughs) Did he just mute himself and then keep talking?
2: Uh, There's a lag on the video, I think. Oh, okay. Right. Copy. Sisla, have you said anything dumb in the cosmos this week, man?
5: Uh, Yeah. Just, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just us where, uh, you know, like we missed a few blocks uh, on the recent upgrade, uh, the Stargaze upgrade where, uh, you know, we installed and you know did everything but didn't start the binary i think that was what happened so we missed a few blocks it was pretty silly and when i went to ping.pub i saw that happen to a few other validators as well and you know we immediately notified so uh, you know it was Zedex that notified us and you know the chain went on so i think you know uh yeah that was pretty dumb in my sense because you know, everyone's like a validator so yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> um shout out to bloody ping.pub i i got to recognize good projects man and i tell you what i reckon now every time there's like a network upgrade or anything to do with someone's like trying to rejoin or catch up as a group everyone's got ping.pub open and i'd hate to be that poor rpc getting flogged
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Cause they they're, 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 That's like a light explorer too So it's, it doesn't yeah. cache anything And it's just constantly flogging RPC somewhere
1: So do you just pronounce Cache, cache?
2: Yeah cache what, what do you call it Cache,
3: Cash. cache. Would you yeah. uh, please pronounce corollary For me the free
6: Corollary <laughs> I love it What Or oh. aluminum perhaps Wait no how about, how about schedule or a schedule. Schedule,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, Al- you mean well, aluminium, Schiltzy? Yeah, uh, yeah we, aluminium. That's uh, a big deal. Fucking hood aluminium. for me?
3: Like the hood of a car? Bonnet? A bonnet. Oh, right, right, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, well,
2: I, think, uh, I think we must have, like, England and uh, Australia share a lot of our, uh, you know, pronunciation because, you know, we came from there. Uh, would well, you so pronounce was the, was the
3: "criminal" the... for me? The phrase.
2: Oh, Australian.
6: <laughs> actually, actually, isn't 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 the trunk of a car called a dicky in some places? Yeah, it is. It, it, is, it, is. <laughs> it is. it
1: is. It is. It is. <laughs> I thought about, it is. my favorite, my favorite Australian word is Ute, right? Do you know that one? You don't have Utes. We don't have we don't have Utes. They don't sell them here. Uh, I've you seen a Ute. There's there's somebody who lives near me with a Ute, and it's literally they must have imported
2: it from Australia. But take your-, your SUV and cut the back off it.
4: Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 you got to stand off. Utes are like my favorite vehicle. If they were in the US, like the Subaru Baja. Oh man, I would be all over so quick. They're my absolute favorite. You, you've got Utes, like a Tundra is a Ute. they just call it a truck. Yeah, right. No, but
1: those are like pickup trucks so or they're like SUVs yeah. with like a deck, but like a ute is like like a fucking tiny Renault or some shit with a with a proper flatbed. That's super weird. That's like yeah, it's
4: like a trailer. sedan with a flatbed kind of deal. It's exactly. not a truck. A, a Tundra's not oh, a, a
2: ute. That's, that's a style side ute. They're fucking useless. They don't really make them anymore.
1: <laughs> I love <laughs> that true, really? I love, there's yeah. like a distinction. There's like, there's like different tiers of ute and that's the shit tier ute.
2: Well, the ones you're talking about are like They're like you take a sedan and you cut the ass out of it and call it a ute, right? And Yeah, exactly. What what you call a pickup truck is what we call a ute most of the time, and that's just like you take your SUV and cut the ass out of it, and then you've got a ute. So, you know, take anything and cut the ass out of it. You've got a ute. Take a van. You've got a fucking flatbed (laughs)
1: Right, we'll, we'll, we'll take that under advisement, Noel. Um <laughs> Shane, do you want to tell us the, the funniest thing you've seen in crypto
2: this week? Stupidest thing,
6: um, man. This week, uh, you know, I'm drawing blanks with that right now. I can't. Uh, um, yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. Is he going to guys have to come back to me on that one? It gets um,
2: me Like, what is the stupidest thing I've seen? <laughs>
6: I mean, we do plenty of stupid things and then figure it out and then um, try to fix it. (laughs) Um, So there's like, you know, plenty of like, I don't know, smart contract stuff that we would like screw up and then, uh, you know, fix and then uh, we get it deployed later. Um, But something, uh, is this Cosmos specific or any?
2: Well, anything you want, really. Could have been just, we usually make it Cosmos specific, but if you've seen something else that's done, bring it up, man. The default answer is Cardano.
6: Cardano. I can just say Cardano, right. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I'll get back to me on this one. Sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jabby, of course you mean Cardano.
1: (laughs) Cardano. Yeah, I think it would be Cardano. Mm. Cardano. Difficult to say. I think in the south of England, you probably have people say Cardano. And I think in the north of England, you you have people saying Cardano.
2: Gadana. <laughs> and that's presumably
1: how australians would say it um, and it's pronounced you know
6: uh, apparently their consensus engine is is really good i have i've never i never used it i tried it but i know that uh minna protocol used it for a while um and uh yeah what's something some so cool about stuff. it but i don't really know you're gonna have to, have
1: to have to check it out but the word on the street is that that shit is hot
6: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> Um, so first, first question, I thought like, I, I was kind of interested in this actually, cause it's something that, uh, has come up a bit when we've been chatting with, uh, it's particularly, I know Usurper and I have some maybe guilty pleasures in common, uh, on this front, but what do you guys listen to when you're, when you're working? It's like to, to everybody, but I know, I know I wanted to put this in as the icebreaker because I know Shane has, in my opinion, pretty good taste in music.
6: Uh, yeah you know um I, I was actually surprised when we were hanging out in Lisbon because I like rarely meet other people that are also into this like weird electronic um kind of like wh- what do you want to call it like uh post metal or something <laughs> um, stuff
1: with guitars that's also got lots of electronics right. in it i don't know
6: i i I have a friend who calls it yoga metal, so uh maybe that uh will put like an image in people's minds but um these days, though, I've been like when I'm when I'm coding, I either i i, I listen to metal or techno when I'm coding for some reason. Yeah, it seems
1: it's enduringly popular to loads of people I seem to talk to in the cosmos eco. Uh, just like minimal techno seems to be all everywhere.
2: Just like relaxing techno.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's either minimal techno or or something really loud and fast. <laughs>
2: I think the good thing about metal is that you don't get um, hung up on the, you know, the words because you can't really understand them. So it's just like nice, nice noise.
6: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, grunts or growls or like none it. at all. <laughs> and you can actually just get get stuff done. Right. <laughs> yeah but we were talking about uh what um like Russian circles stuff like that pelican yeah I think we we session quite a bit of pelican
1: actually uh that's yeah. something, just classic straight up post rock stuff um I've had quite a good during the during the old the old Juno crisis last week I got a lot done to um there's some great YouTube mixes of uh basically jungle that was composed for nineties video games because the game composer, the game studios were like, this is what the kids are into. They're into jungle, but we're not going to license any tracks. We've got to get composers to create original music that is like the jungle that we think the kids will listen to, but it's just slightly quirky and dorky in its own thing. Um, and like the ACE combat soundtrack, all of the, snowboarding video games and stuff and as soon as you listen to it you're like oh shit this is literally my childhood this is why i'm into the music i'm into it's so obvious because it's just like it's sort of like jungle but also a bit industrial but also a bit whatever and it's just not quite any of the things and you're like oh it's really its own subgenre of jungle but recommend that uh sisla what have you what do you what do you use to work to
5: Uh, Yeah, anything that, uh, not anything actually, Uh, Desert Dwellers, uh, Spongirl, you know, these are things that I listen to, Uh, like 140 BPM, you know, lower than that, without lyrics, you know, that's that's where I'm at, so I get that pace, and
1: yeah. Isn't like 143 BPM, like the classic slow, it's like, whatever it is, it's slowcore, there's like a particular genre of drum and bass, isn't there, that's like really specifically
5: like around 143. I'm not too sure, but, you know, it'll be on the lower side. (laughs) So, you know, I think you can call it trance, you know, that is progressive trance, something like that. It's I know these from, I'm actually, I have no clue about the genres that I listen to. I can't differentiate between genres, but at the same time, you know, I see these on Yeah, I see these on di.fm and uh, yeah, that's where... Yeah, side chills, IBM and so on and so forth. So nice. these are some of the stations that it's
1: yeah. I I used to work next to well, two of the funniest programmers I've ever sort of worked with around a desk. One of them used to listen to huge amounts of uplift uh uplifting trance. There's like a subgenre of trance. He used to make it himself, and he was actually pretty fair, he was actually pretty good at it. Like it wasn't really my thing, but um but the funniest was there was a guy I used to work with who was really into soaker and He'd just come in every day. He was probably the, one of the best programmers I've top two, top three programmers I ever worked with. And he would come in every day, just smash down sweets, like packets of sweets. He'd just have like a pile of them on his desk. He was skinny as a rake somehow, but just like, just chain eat sweets all day. Double espressos constantly. Every time he ran out, he'd go back out and get another one. And just soak her with like, you know the, how it has like, all the air horns? So all you can, you couldn't really hear anything other than like a continuous, like beat all day long. That was quite similar. Yeah. And then, like just periodic air horns throughout the day. <laughs> uh, but he was yeah. just an incredible programmer, but it was just really, really yeah. surreal. Just like kind of having this constant ear, ear, yeah. ear <laughs> next to you all day long. And it just like leaked yeah. out of his headphones. But um,
4: yeah, Chelsea, how about you? Uh, I feel kind of soft core compared to you guys. Um, my go-to is actually a lo-fi Nintendo track playlist on YouTube um it's like you know legend of zelda or mario kind of turned kind of a little bit techno and then i just listened to that basically on repeat And it just, uh, same thing for you is it to kind of hit that nostalgia point while also engaging you into like some sort of consistent rhythm of course me i have a mental image of like
2: every time that you know fail to compile it's like the guy going down the tube that's not too far off yeah exactly <laughs> yeah
1: nice um, Javi how about you
3: I mean Mongolian throat singing um, you know that that's just really good and then that sort of leads into like didgeridoo which is like mm, that's my shit and then, you know, some ABBA. Uh, so, I, I, no, I can't even tell where... if you were trolling then. I was like... I was oh, like, definitely trolling. Yeah, completely totally. legit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so. The whole thing was it the it troll. a troll. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly listen to the, the noise cancelling on my headphones. Oh, <laughs> what helps, noise? <laughs> like, block out all the screaming that's happening behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I just to That
1: the is noise. actually true. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I have six children. And so it's always there it's a party it's always a party
2: (laughs) so white noise is the go-to
3: yeah well i prefer uh gaussian noise i feel like white noise puts race into it and you know i just it's not me but i I get it you're australian so
6: jabby i I don't really know you but i can imagine you have a a non-account on twitter that's just a total troll (laughs) pop moss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: and only
2: one, only one, not ten.
6: Uh, <laughs> that means you have ten.
2: <laughs> I love people that have entire conversations with themselves between their troll accounts.
1: It's super like Javi and Popmos.
2: Yeah, exactly, Javi and Popmos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So my, my, the only didgeridoo fact I've got, right, because I've got a bullshit fact about everything, right, is that the uh, speaking of Australian progressive rock bands, the, the the really loud synth-like sound at the beginning of change that goes through the entire track is actually a didgeridoo. I didn't realize until I saw a live recording. Uh, they did a live show during lockdown, and I had this guy on stage with a didgeridoo just, like, smashing it out like a mic'd-up didgeridoo. And it was like, holy shit, that's why it sounds like this massive bass synth. It's like... It's whack off didgeridoo going through the entire track. It's like drowning out every other instrument. It's really fucking cool. I was like, yeah.
2: So in Australia when we have like um, you know, conferences and balls and stuff like that, um, it's pretty common nowadays to do like a welcome to country, like um from the traditional owners. So whoever the tribe was for that particular area that the event is on, they have like a welcome to country, which is like welcome to our our spot, our land um, by like traditional owners. And um, a lot of times that involves like a bit of a didgeridoo performance. And um, there's some pretty cool dig out there, man. Yeah. I actually enjoy listening to it. It's, um, a,
1: it's like a really surprising, uh, like, I mean, okay, that sounds really patronizing, but like if you've ever played a didgeridoo as somebody who is obviously rubbish at it, you're like, oh, right, okay, you can make noise with it. It sounds kind of cool. Where do I go from here? And then you see somebody who can actually play it and you're like, wow, this is actually a really expressive instrument that I'm, I mean, but you know, that's just, I guess, arrogance As like, you can play the guitar. So you pick up a didgeridoo and you're like, obviously I'm going to rock at this. And then you can only make one noise and you're like, Oh
2: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a cool noise. But one, one thing that's like, um, I don't know if it's because I live in Australia and we associate it so much with like country and traditional owners. But like when I hear it, it makes me feel like I'm actually out um, in the country, if that uh, makes any sense. Like I've spent a lot of time on property um, when I was younger growing up and, and out in the – it's more of the Pilbara-like area, Western Australia, than in the um, Red Desert it makes me feel like I'm there. I don't know why it is, but, uh, yeah, certainly makes me nostalgic of it when I hear it. So I don't know if that's what it's supposed to do, but it certainly transports me, if that makes any sense. True
1: Australian. True Australian. That's, that must be it. I, I can't say, I don't know. I've, uh, I That must be in Australia. You don't
2: feel like you're in the Red Desert when you hear a didgeridoo immediately?
1: I, but I've not been to the Red Desert, so, you know, maybe it's one of those things. Uh, maybe if you've been there, it makes sense. Anyway, should we talk about
6: NFTs? Yeah, actually, I was going to say we can segue and someone should make an NFT collection of didgeridoos. Soundtrack. Well, okay. So, 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 so no. So
1: we've got a bunch of questions about NFTs, right? Uh, and, and stuff here, but like, as, as somebody mentioned, this is quite formless. We kind of just like having a bit of a chat. Um, and Hey, it's usurper. All right my um, in in
0: a, in a rocking in. chair?
1: <laughs> Play the music. Bow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good wind up. Yourself, what's up just in a rocking chair? Um, <laughs> but so obviously, there's a lot of kind of preconceptions about what NFTs are, and like, like joking, I obviously, you're, you're having a bit of a wind up chain. I see you're jerking my chain here. You're saying, what if you just made a bunch of didgeridoos NFT collection? Let's all laugh at the fray. But also, what if you did actually record lots and lots and lots of different, like, because obviously, because like, like every instrument, like, presumably didgerides have a character of their own, right? So you could do some kind of collection of different, like, types, different whatever. Like, I mean, uh, but that would require, like, like I guess, an audio NFT, right? Or something like that. Like, do you, like, what do you think about those? I mean, what do you think about different genres of NFT? What do you think about different medias? And what do you think, like... You know, it's both both Cicler and shane like what do you think that we're going to see as people start to go like oh maybe these are is that a different thing to a collectible like a lot of nfts are now or is that like what are the limits of of those multimedia nfts and what are the ideas that ha- what are the low-hanging fruit that haven't been like explored in that area like the well i mean
6: NFT and, and nfts right now are still kind of in their toy phase right and uh, the generative projects the pfps that's the kind of stuff that 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 people like um but the way i see it is that when ethereum first launched it was just like all the tokens were just like a bunch of shit coins right and um you know i'm I'm, I'm not saying the generative projects are like the shit coins of nfts but you know i think I, I i think a lot of them will you know end up doing that but um you know right now if you're like a musician, you buy like VSTs and you buy different sound packs and stuff like that, right? Those could be NFTs at some point. And uh, then if you're the, you're the creator, you can uh, make all the royalties from it directly without having to go through any, you know, intermediary. I mean, intermediary, right? So um, I think that stuff is coming. I think I think anything that is non fungible in digital form. Um, will be published as an NFT at some point. So it's just a matter in relation,
2: of time. In relation to like, um, you know, music uh, NFTs, right, or like audio NFTs, I know that Omniflix has um, audio NFTs at the moment on their platform. I'm not, I don't think I've seen anything like that on um, Stargaze yet, Shane. But do either of you guys see like a future where, for example, like um, – You know, artists might uh, be able to license sampling and stuff like that through NFTs instead of actually just buying them. Like being able to license content for use in, you know, um, podcasts and and that type of um, you know media
5: production. Yeah, yeah, I'll take this. Yes, definitely, because uh, you know it is it is a natural logical progression of how distribution happens. So right now we are utilizing Streamyard and YouTube. And in, in, a, in an ideal future, we won't need the artist to actually sell anything. They'll just license out everything. And these will be derivative NFTs or these can be any form. So, you know, here, like, uh, you know, just going back to phrase question, right? Uh, yeah, NFT is a primitive. I think Shane, you mentioned that earlier too. And, uh, you know, just like how we have fungible tokens, you know, NFTs are these non-fungible primitives that exist on a ledger, uh, you know, on a trustless ledger and so on and so forth. And media NFTs in that sense are uh, like the first set of NFTs. And, you know, it's like the playground, right? Like you have toys in the playground. This is like the first phase of experimentation. If you see all the new age tech that has been developed, it has in some sense been developed through through you, through its use in media, uh, it's not because we are working on those that uh, you know. I'm uh, sharing that fact, but when we look at it, right? Like even Apple computer, you know, Apple ones and twos, you know, they were out of desktop publishing. You know, they were they started off with the most basic things, and that's when they evolved to be something super smart and so on so forth. So media, in that sense, allows uh, uh, an opportunity, a zone where you can fail. And, you know, even if you fail, the risk is that people might not view content or something like that might happen. But when in this case, like with blockchain and NFTs, we are combining there's a financial aspect to that uh, element of media as well. So transmedia, multimedia, you know, these NFTs will definitely, you know, uh, we can see that even now. So there might be a song that can be used as an access pass or something like that. And, you know, eventually, uh, yeah. There might be AR NFTs and so on and so forth as well. So, yeah, multimedia NFTs will be there in the future. Right now, it's only text, audio, video, images that are being experimented with.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to throw another thing out there, and I'm just going to keep throwing ideas out here today because I'm an ideas man, as you, as you both know. So I can see a world where um, in terms of like licensing and um, you know on-chain licensing, NFTs and stuff, where, for example, like we have news websites where you sort of lease an NFT as access like through Web3 so that you um, and I know you you know what I'm talking about when I say this, um, Sisla, where you like stream payment uh, over time. So you can either have the the subscription or not have the subscription just by subscribing to it on chain. And then using your Web3 wallet, get access to, like, websites and stuff like that. Because I know um, in the past, like, um, XRP have experimented with this, like, years and years ago about um, streaming payment for Web3 while actually consuming (coughs) um, content in in web pages, which was pretty cool back then. I'm not sure if they're still doing that. I, I sort of lost touch with their development. But does that seem like something that's um, feasible and something we'll likely see in the next couple of years? Any of you guys working on something like that?
6: I mean, I think you're getting at like lending and borrowing of NFTs, right? And uh, integration with NFTs and DeFi is definitely going to happen. And uh, lending and borrowing is just kind of a primitive that's going to enable stuff like this. And uh, Mm. just just because all the data is on chain, um, everything's trackable, You can have all kinds of metadata on IPFS. Uh, There's just a lot more clarity around,
5: uh, like sharing of um, these assets. Yeah, and yeah, just to add to that, right? Like even in this case, like we are like six people, and there are how many people that are watching? I don't know, Frey. We have four seven you know, seven total, <laughs> oh, total. Seven. okay yeah. so you know let's just say we have thousands of people that are watching and each of them you know they want to maybe incentivize us or uh, you know just donate right like they can start to stream money you know that's programmable money in that sense and you know if that is like many to one from a creator standpoint right creators receiving the money we have say a coke or you know uh whoever that can drop tokens for everyone that's listening you know that's like like one-to-many from the creator to the audience that are consuming this content so distribution in that sense like the newspaper example that you mentioned yes 100% we believe that'll happen uh in some sense we worked on that but you know we've we've uh yeah tested that framework and so on so forth but uh yeah that is definitely you know a future that we see uh potentially with distribution okay so, yeah, like, uh, that is one. And the other part is, yes, NFTs are being used as access, you know, for communities you know, in Discord's and so on and so forth. Eventually, we'll see a lot more subscriptions that turn into NFTs. So just, you know, having that NFT will give you access to the platform, maybe as a beta tester, maybe someone with exclusive access. So we'll see more of these happening uh, rather than, you know, the urgent use case of maybe going towards streaming payments, but definitely streaming payments will happen. You know, we've seen... Yeah, Cosmos, Awesome contracts as well. We've seen Cosmos based modules as well uh, around that. And yeah, it is it is uh, very helpful, even in a case where let's say there is a doctor or a lawyer and you operate in a trustless sense. You just go to website, click and start to talk, interact, consult, and you pay. You know, there, There's a trustless payment aspect of it. Yeah. So this is quite possible. Yeah. I think um, so
2: sort of following on from that in terms of the web applications, we haven't really seen enough development in Web3 wallets to be able to um, sort of follow that development path yet, have we? Do you, does anyone know if there's, um, you know, foundation funding or, or funding from any public, um, you know, like uh, DAOs for this type of Web3 wallet integrations or... Are we sort of relying on the likes of um, Kepler uh, to just pick this up at some point and roll with it?
4: Well, so actually, um, Osmosis just came out with a grant program that directs towards Kepler specifically around development around it, putting on custom RPCs, uh, things like that. So I guess in that sense, yes and yes. Yes, there's foundation money going towards it, and yes, we're waiting for Kepler. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they're opening the door for you to self-develop.
6: <laughs> so right now, Kepler um, has Stargaze support in their app. They have a Stargaze app in the Kepler app. Um, like, we didn't even ask them to do it or anything like that. It's just, they just they just wanted to do it, I guess. Um, but we are, we have the streaming um, dev fund on Chain that we're going to direct um, some of the funds to like uh, like hackathons and bounties and stuff like that and would gladly fund you know any other wallet projects
2: yeah i don't know like in terms of wallets there really is that like obviously the major one is kepler i would like to see a competitor um come up in the space you know just to keep everyone on their toes and keep developing hard so no one gets comfortable i don't know how feasible it is everyone seems to be you know on the on the kepler train but I mean, surely there's space for another one. There has to be, and I think um, competition in the space is key to driving development.
1: I think um, I, I never know- see a winter really. Like, it, I think the the reality is a lot of the 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 way incentives are constituted in the space is that the it, it's it's not necessarily smart money to go after building a wallet. However, you know, if um, if the market cooled down a lot, which maybe it's doing now for a bit maybe it will go back up again next week or go around in circles or go side to side who knows right but um
2: me forward slash price underscore chat mate
1: yeah sorry Uh, this isn't price (laughs) chat, is it um we'll do we'll do we'll do the price chat episode in future right and then we can we can put all of our wild theories out there but um i think in the current market like if you have a dev team who understand the space and could build a wallet there are other more profitable avenues to be exploring right and i think that's the that's kind of the the problem of the wallet situation i mean so for we've directly so first of all when you know like the name service stuff that i did um you know with with one or two other people really um obviously the first version of that took about 5 minutes back in lisbon and i think i think shane was actually around the table when i was like hang on a minute yeah Why does nobody build an NFT, a name service that's just an NFT? And it was like about two minutes later, I had a proof of concept of it. That's like, okay, cool. Now this requires like wallet integration and like a hundred other things, right? To make it like fully realized. And it's that huge gap between that initial idea, I think, where a lot of teams get to. And then like all of the other things where you basically realize that wallet integration is like the, the end user feature that would be amazing but you ha- you 're not going to make any money from building that, and if anything, somebody will vampire attack you right so- well well
6: i mean I mean metamask makes makes a lot of money um, by integrating swaps um, inside metamask mm-hmm. and they they take a little bit of the fee so i think I think cosmos i think the the ecosystem is just a, a little bit earlier i think um, you know at some point there'll be maybe another contender for wallet, and you know maybe Kepler might even integrate. Osmosis and maybe another wallet might come in and integrate another Dex and and start taking fees. Um, wow, that's probably the way to do it.
1: So this yeah. so this was going into. There are obviously other projects that we've like worked on, working on now with with other people as well that are mainly smart contract based. And commonly, well, as soon as you start doing lots and lots of Cosmos and stuff, you start wanting much deeper integration with Cosmos and smart contracts. And very quickly, you also realize that this might be a wallet problem not a this isn't just like a a dap you're building it might actually be better suited to be a wallet right and then you go okay so we are we really going to sit down here and build a wallet is that really what's going to make is that what we want to do for the next six months of our lives right and the answer is no not in the current situation because there's so many other things to focus on and probably this problem will still be there in six months because nobody will have solved it by then
6: I mean, I think I think it makes sense for a validator okay. to build a wallet because then they can just use that validator as a default one um, for, you know, all the services that they use. <laughs> and that would make <laughs> them really popular. Maybe that's what Popmos is. Maybe that we should have
1: asked Gabby while he was still that's, here. Maybe that's what Popmos yeah. would be. It would be a wallet. I mean, that's yeah. what
2: the Cosmos Station wallet
5: does, right? So yeah, that's, that's what Cosmos yeah. Station
6: does. Yeah.
5: Yeah. 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 That's why they're at the top of everything. Uh, yeah, exactly. actually... Actually, the EMOS model is pretty good in that sense where uh, they're directing some, you know, f- a part of the inflation to developers, right? DApp, uh, people that deploy DApps. So just like that, if there is a possibility, so we've thought of a case where in future, if there is a possibility to maybe, uh, you know, award or uh, split a small fee from the transaction fee uh, mm-hmm. to wallets that are actually going ahead and, initiating these transactions that'd be great but uh, right now we don't have means for that and you know it's like a flat funding at this point in time Uh, but definitely that is the future right like when when we built InSync or uh, the staking interface right it almost became a wallet like except for the send if you notice like just the send part is not there otherwise everything else is there so you could technically use Kepler to connect and yeah send was like it was too easy to integrate, but we just chose not to integrate because with send, we'll have like a lot more things. You know, we'll have to integrate CoinGecko, the price, APRs, XYZ, everything. And we have Kepler doing that. So, you know, we intentionally avoided the send button. And honestly, yeah, there like lack of funding is another reason. Like we built that tool. Because uh, we were afraid that we might not be integrated anywhere. And, you know, we had to have an inter- interface for our chain, right? Like that was the first thought. Uh, but eventually it, it helped multiple other chains and we are very happy with that. And, but, you know, except for our uh, delegation, you know, like, like Juno, you know, we received that on Stargaze, Comdex. You know, except for the delegation grant, there's no actual money that's or like grants that are given directly, you know, for... Uh, building such tools. Like, yeah, we definitely got a, a grant from Juno, uh, but yeah, that, that was about it. So there's no true funding in that sense. So yeah, the model of funding it is broken, but technically something can be achieved where you know anyone that actually goes ahead and uh, initiates a transaction from a specific wallet can, you know, the wallet can actually, the client can actually take a cut.
1: So it'll be great. So I I, I think this, this segues into something I, I, I want to talk about, especially because we've got both of you here. Which is that you know we're talking about now wallets and stuff and how end users sort of interact with things. Um, obviously, uh, interchain accounts are coming along now, um, so that's like one thing which I'm very interested to hear, like both of you, uh, both of your opinions on like how the stuff that we're starting to see, like new primitives for chains talking to each other, I guess, um, is going to change, you know, how useful these things are to the end user, how ergonomic they are to the end user, and also like how you guys see each other kind of in terms of interop and working together and, you know, standards and all that sort of stuff as well because, you know, IBC NFTs is is still, you know, the spec is, I feel like that got merged literally the other day. Um, But like, you know, you guys obviously literally work together, and I think in maybe a more traditional space, you'd be seen as like much more kind of competitors, right? So I'm kind of really interested to what you what you guys think about these new primitives that are coming along and how what it means for interop and and whatnot in the future, you know?
6: Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about interchain accounts. Uh, you can do, you know, you can have like a DAO control. Uh, Another chain and after a governance vote passes something else happens on another chain. That's 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 super cool Um, one thing we're going to use it for is to do um, Make make the uh, the onboarding easier so you can do for example um, a swap on another chain and then um, Just kind of you know swap into the native currency for your chain. It's going to be super easy Um, and but in terms of uh, so ICS ten twenty one, the whole like IBC NFT thing is a completely different thing, right? Um, uh, we actually had a meeting this morning about kind of kind of syncing up with that. Um, I, I yeah, I, did, I, I wasn't aware that the standard was merged, but it was it's it's pretty much almost done. And um, I think uh, what was that? I think I think Tesla, you guys have like a like a SDK version of it, and uh, we are working on a a, a version of it. And, you know, the good thing is that it's it's a protocol. So a protocol is language agnostic, right? So um, even if it's on Cosmosm or on the SDK side, um, it should still work. Because what you're just doing is transferring, like, the token ID and the URI. Um, <clears throat> and um, you have this, like, class ID that's, like, the identifier for the, the source chain. And uh, then you, like, mint the synthetic NFT on your side. So... Um, yeah, after after we get all that built, we can uh, have N- N- NFTs flying around the Cosmiverse.
2: Oh, man, that, that's awesome. I, that was a big question of mine is the interop between the SDK. Because I was just talking to Sisler about that the other day. The Because theirs runs on an SDK version. And then, yeah, all the, all the um, you know, the WASM versions of NFTs. So, man, that's great news, the fact that they're going to be able to interop. Fantastic. So, what is it? So being
0: layman, what does that actually mean? Does that mean the ability to transfer? Does that mean that you could have a marketplace that you could sell across chains? Like, what does that actually enable?
6: Yeah, so, so it means that, like, you know, someone can mint an NFT on Omniflex and then transfer it to the marketplace on Stargaze, or someone could mint an NFT on Stargaze and send it to Om, Om, Omniflex to their marketplace. Um, so, you know, if if one chain provides a unique feature that the other doesn't, then someone might want to transfer the NFT
0: over. So you could you could post something for sale on both, for example. That is that kind of what that means? Mm.
6: Yeah, well, I don't know if it's the same NFT where you can uh, post on both. Mm. But yeah, um, yeah that's, that's a whole, whole kind of one. That's going to be a final <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah.
1: Uh, Did I find well, an issue? Well, well there's like, also a question of addressability, isn't there? Because that, that that's something that we, we've had the question where, you know, because there's like, I don't know, Ten thousand people or whatever use that that bought names with the name service on Juno. They're like, Come okay, well, right. am I going to be able to use this with Stargaze? Uh, you know, am I going to be able to use this on other chains? Right. And it and use this obviously means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, the the most simple version of can I use something to dereference my wallet address is yes, it's back thirty two, and you throw anything at it, and it will, you know, just return the Juno equivalent. Right, that's 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 super simple, but when people when people mean will it interop with NFT standards and other chains in an agnostic way? Hard to say. We're at a pretty early point, but like, yeah, what, what if you what if you can then essentially make a, a fake derivative of it by granting a permission to it on two different chains? Like, it's gonna be quite interesting to see how those kinds of conditions like actually thrash out in the wild because that if again with. With with tokens, it's pretty obvious, right? Because your balance is your balance. You send them to another train. they're in the native bank module, right? But there's a lot of very interesting things involved in things that are nominally unique being moved to another chain and then having a new derivative version of themselves, right? Because then you you run into the IBC problem of them moving it back to the source chain. It's it's sort of no longer the same thing, is it? Um, and I think that question of addressability is really interesting to me. Like I'm not I'm not Cert- I, there aren't many good ways of doing it, right? That's the problem. But maybe, maybe it's one of my concerns with IBC in general—is like how addressability works in IBC, and I wonder if NFTs are the thing that really might expose some questions about that. I don't know if you guys have. You, you might feel free to tell me I'm wrong, but
5: no, that's that's actually right. Like the in the earlier call, also we were discussing a case where. What if we bring NFTs from one channel and that channel is closed? And what do you do with that? Like, do you and how do you take the NFTs back to the source chain? If it were fungibles, it would have been a different story because these are unique assets. Right. Like there's there's the source chain that you'll have to store. The same is the case, you know, even if we try to connect with, say, an eMOS. Right. And, you know, there's a there's an Ethereum NFT that entered eMOS. So that is again different from an NFT that entered through gravity. You know i think this has been discussed quite a lot of times so if there's a punk that's from gravity goes to stargaze and comes to omniflix that's different you know when it goes from gravity to omniflix to stargaze that's a completely different nft so you know the value of it might might differ as well based on the channel and even now like we see on ethereum uh just like uh, assets that uh you know that are just copy paste uh that you know this copy the punk IDs and so on so forth and and then they create uh, you know representative assets and they move things around so to an extent that uh, you know that reference to the source is you know best observed on the chain for people that can figure it out but you know there's a there's multiple layers of abstraction I think user, user experience wise just like how we are seeing the osmosis bridge decision and Fungible token, like this, is in fungible tokens, right? Non-fungibles will take some time.
6: Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah you, you kind of have to.
6: Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say this is this is the diamond problem uh, in IBC where you're like transferring from chain A to chain B to chain C, and then you kind of have to go back the same path. And uh, yeah. if you don't go back the same path, it's not fungible the same way. Yeah. So, I think that's so what you're
4: going to say, Chelsea? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, this is kind of where the conversation around the Cosmos Hub originally came from, right? Where, in theory, everything should have been directed through the Cosmos Hub and then go from there. So, that's their way. There was just that single source of truth. Um, but we haven't taken that path. We've kind of taken the, the spider's web path as opposed to the hub path. So, right. I, think I I've but this has been
1: But this has been solved once before, right? Because we had the World Wide Web where uniqueness was required from heterogeneous servers running running software to serve web pages and serve resources Um, and and actually of course in the case of linked data to serve uh, federated data resources that should be able to call each other and you know the uri was the design for that that i think you know it's easy to forget how how despite its kind of clunkiness and ubiquitousness, how elegant a solution to the problem the URI is and how you know it's it's served its served the job pretty well. but the the necessity of the design for for IBC, as I understand it as somebody who is not super technically uh, you know in the in the weeds of that design, it's the it's the design of the relays and the channels that causes the 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 issue, right? Um, where the, the 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 addressability of a resource is fundamentally tied to its pass its state as it moved around, right? Um, because resources aren't immutable, which they in Web two a resource is immutable. It's either there or it's four hundred four, right? So, you know, is this something that that we should be looking at new primitives for? Now we have NFTs that are going to be moving between chains, and they might be potentially incredibly valuable. Is this a is this a call? To, is this a point to say, okay, well we have two different paths here. Maybe we can like take a look at whether or not these these resources should be have their state mutated by the channel they're sent on, or or whether they, you know, it would make more sense to make them globally unique at the point of creation and then go from there. Like maybe the same NFT minted on Stargaze no matter what what chain you eventually land on, it has, you know, it's Stargaze, then the contract address, then the name of the token or something. It has some kind of at creation metadata that then always identifies it as that thing. I don't know.
6: You know, I think think one thing would be really interesting is when shared security is a thing, right? Then um, would security be normalized between more of the chains? And, 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 and if that's the case, then um, that would kind of change the fungibility of this, the routes for IBC. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if that happens or not. But, you know, right now in the World Wide Web, like, there's no, um, it doesn't matter what route you take, right? There, there isn't a security guarantee for each route. But, but in IBC, you know, there is. So it's just fundamentally a different problem, and it's, like, really hard to solve it. Uh, so, so right now, you know, the easiest way to do it is, uh, you know, like if Stargaze gets an NFT from from uh, Gra- Gravity Bridge, for example, and 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 then you just have to make sure that you always send it back without going to another chain.
2: So yeah. they, they, I think, um, I was I've been talking to people about this a while ago uh, when you know the web of accounts and and channels became apparent, and I think you like you can address it at least. On a um, UX UI level um, and having like, you know, a bit of a standard around a uniform UX UI so that we have situations where everybody is doing a similar thing. Like, for example, Osmosis has the deposit withdraw and it's purposefully back to and from the original chain and the same with JunoSwap. Um, and I'm not sure about SIF chain or or other ones, but sort of having an understanding of what can happen if you don't do that and addressing that on a UI, UX level can really reduce the spaghetti Um, as long as everybody toes the line and does the same thing. But what happens, I guess it's the same question for tokens, right? So what happens if, um, you know, a bunch of NFTs get sent from Omniflex to like Stargaze, right? And then Omniflix disappears or vice versa.
5: Uh, They'll stay on Stargaze, right? If Omniflix goes down, definitely they'll be more valuable or less valuable on Stargaze. You know, they'll be the representative assets. Even now, right? Like we thought of a case, you know, best case scenario is when someone actually buys Atom on Osmosis and sends them directly to Omniflix. But the no but that's not possible right now because that is a different channel the atom on osmosis is a different channel you know and comes uh, if it goes to omniflix it's a different token altogether right so you know even on omniflix we have the deposit withdraw function it has to go back to the same account right so that that yeah it has been challenging in that sense but uh yeah definitely if either of our chains go down like one of it and the other stays right these are assets that will continue to stay on the other chain you know with maybe the source chain you know identifier intact i will just say uh, stargaze contact id token id Uh, yeah the yeah token id and you know vice versa so yeah
6: because
5: i mean it doesn't have like
2: any you know there's no elevated right to do something to a nft than what a normal user account is right so it can't like you know transform it or anything like that so when you send when you send an nft from one chain to the other and i know we're not really doing this yet but is it likely that it'll just work the same as a token that it just gets put in some sort of escrow on the source chain and then yeah becomes a synthetic on the destination well, chain, and then when you send it back it pretty much just nukes the synthetic and then unlocks the um, nft on the source yeah.
6: yeah yeah Yeah, exactly that's 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 kind of how it works but the other interesting thing about nfts is that most of the all all the data is stored on ipfs or at least it should be stored on ipfs right so um the data is always accessible it's just that um you know if another chain goes down or whatever it's just the record that is going to be different well uh, hang on a minute, maybe, Shane. Or the provenance. Hang on, hang on. I mean which is the more more? Uh, that's the more important thing though, but yeah.
1: Well, uh, well h- hang on a minute. It should be yeah. stored at IPFS. That but, <laughs> I, 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 okay well, I well I'm I'm very I'm very, very heavily standing the standing the the, the <laughs> on chain metadata standard. Like it's it's at the core of kind of like a lot of the projects we're working on at the moment, you know. Cosmos gas fees are low enough that you can store data on chain you can use iterators in Rust or whatever to start you know behaving like you're you're interacting with a no SQL database and you can eliminate some of the mutability problems that people have kind of shown and demonstrated with NFTs in other places now obviously mutability might not be a problem if you're using that for creative reasons artistic reasons whatever like it can be a feature not a bug but but, it, it, but that's the thing. Should, should, we, should we be saying, oh, yeah, sure, it's totally cool that IPFS is how we do things and that is how it should work in the future? Or should we be moving to a future where we are putting more of that data on chain?
5: Uh, yeah, like right now, we are putting the metadata on the chain directly. And, uh, you know, the media file aspect is being stored on IPFS. So, yeah, these are different approaches. But, you know, in our case, if you look at it, uh, you know, it's someone actually renting space forever on the chain, uh, without you know, by just paying the transaction fee, and it is the validators and the storage node host and you know, everyone else that will have to bear all these costs, you know, in perpetuity. So, this is in some sense, uh, a decent model, not a great model, but maybe, may not be the yeah is like a baby step in the direction of uh, storing data that's mutable or immutable on the chain directly and using that as a reference so this is when we believe interchain accounts and you know some of the other uh, aspects around interchain accounts will come into play where you know there might be specific data stored on a specific chain so and and probably this is how cosmos will scale too you know like with all the zones right like some zones actually store that data you know uh, on the chain you know some might not some might use other ways to actually mutate that data right like in if you ask me in like personally what i believe the jpeg or the png should be an svg and that should be stored on the chain but at what expense like what joy right so you know that yeah these are the questions even uh, an
1: svg it has to be below 10 kb right or so that's or at least with Cosmos, anyway, that's kind of the most you can really get away with storing on chain, and that the gas is not cheap. <laughs> you begin to get into like, um, you know, but but you know, again, maybe this is a. The question is if this is a, if, but then you know it's it's even back to like, no matter what database technology you're using, that binary data for that image is not going to go in the database, right? It's going to go. Even in a traditional web world, you'd throw it in an S3 bucket or you know a, mm-hmm. a file server or whatever. You 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 typically do have your database storing your file metadata and then your file elsewhere. Um, which I guess begs the question of whether it's actually a problem of incentives, right? Which then becomes about like like you just said, uh, Sisler. It's quite cheap to store in perpetuity for what it is, if it is in fact storing it in perpetuity the validator set are bearing the cost of that right and there are projects like rweave that uh, that you know filecoin seacoin the, 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 there are other projects that have kind of grappled with this in the past already in web3 whether or not any of them have come to a good conclusion
5: on it we're too early to tell almost aren't we right i mean they're doing great at least for now they're they're they are powering a lot of the infra so in some sense that's fine but uh yeah, definitely. There'll be better incentivization models, as you said. Right? Like more than the aspect of this changing radically fundamentally, right? Like these will be separate, the metadata and the media file maybe. But uh yeah, who stores that and you know how are incentives structured to
0: And in this in this IBC world and even with bridges and everything else, if if you mint something on Omniflix and it moves a star gaze and it's transferred via gravity bridge or something else even if we had storage nodes and we built a storage node network around that that nft might disappear and there might be a thousand transactions on a chain that that those validators or those storage nodes receive no compensation for isn't that right like as we move forward like so depending on where that's being traded or what how that's being used or even licensed if that that's if true. that's if that's homed in omniflex and that transfers out and then gravity bridge it's licensed, and then you have a million transactions that somebody's getting royalties off of off an MP3 song.
4: Yeah,
0: it's very difficult. To, there's really no way to bring that back, right? There's no fee structure to kind of bring that back to the people or or the individuals or the or the organizations that are supporting that that transfer. Is that right? And, and I think in the grand scheme of things, you hope that it works out, right? You hope that there's just as many leaving as there is coming in, and you know all those types of things. But but that's I think that's kind of a concern, isn't it?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think in the context of IBC, it's just a lot simpler to have the NFT being just like a pointer to the actual data. And yeah. um, it's just it's just uh, simpler in the context of IBC to have as much of the data like off-chain as possible because then um, w- when when an NFT moves to another chain, it could be more easily queried. You know, in in just right. from one place, as 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 opposed to like querying a whole bunch of different chains to be able to like re, re, reconstitute like the NFT. So, but Shane, um, that
0: that data would have to be somewhat managed by either a validator set or something else to make sure it doesn't change or that doesn't it. Does it have to be somewhat managed in that sense.
2: So once it goes to IPFS, it's addressed it then, right, and that's it. If it's an IPFS, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking outside of that, like if it was something,
4: some, some other Well, market, I mean, you, like
5: say you know, like le- even, even IPFS, I mean there, there can be the storage node network which is powered, right. uh, which has nodes of IPFS and uh, you know, maybe CR and something else and they can be right. curated and incentivized by the networks. So, sure. you know, yeah, what data you put on-chain, what data you put off-chain is, but but if if we are utilizing the traditional uh, IPFS services that are available right now. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. might be managed. That's actually managed storage, right? And they're making sure it is delivered, you know, and available on demand in highly available. Yeah, the availability is there. So, you know, you can maybe click on an IPFS link. It'll open up a video will play. It gets streamed to you. Now, that's the advantage. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. with the storage node network that's not curated properly, that might not be distributed well. All this is right. like not possible. Yeah. yeah.
6: Right. Actually, um, the fray we we talked about this before, where you can kind of like build um, an IPFS pinning service um, like on top of the val the valid validator set, right? So you can have yeah. like right. some kind of incentive model for right. that. So th- yeah.
1: there is there uh, okay. is potentially something being done. Yeah, maybe. Oh, cool.
5: <laughs> it would that. have right. to be right. I mean, yeah. Would like to collaborate. So <laughs>
1: There is, that that is may, maybe there is maybe a top uh, a not very secret project that I keep alluding to that's doing something like that, but um, okay. yeah.
2: um Ray's super cagey about anything he's working on ever.
1: Yeah, just I for literally no reason at all, just because I come from a a, par- a paranoid. Uh, do you know what? it's probably literally one of those things you know like. Indian parents, like if you get um, if if you show them homework and then it's got even slight mistakes in it or something, you just get so much shit. So it's it's better to only bring your successes to the table after the fact, you know, just like if it's not a success, you just you just you just destroy your grade card on the way home from school. And you just never mention it, you know, you only bring you only bring the meat to put on the table. Everything else, forget about it. You're getting thrown out of the house, you know, you're gone. Um so maybe that's I mean, why I think, I'm so cagey uh, about I, projects. I'm like, if this project fails, let's just I yeah, I don't even remember what happened. What I, do. I don't project? remember those git I don't even know oh. what you're talking about. I don't remember those git commits. You know, maybe yeah. I had a beer, who knows? You know, yeah. for six months maybe <laughs> I had a few beers, worked on a project, didn't go anywhere. I, I don't know, you know. We all get a bit crazy, right? Sometimes I, I have so the
6: request. thing is how wait, wait, how are you how uh, how how are you proving though that the data is still there? Like how like how do you prove that a validator um, you know, didn't like pin the data. Said they pinned the data and got like tokens for that or something. And then I could um, I could tell you after
1: this. <laughs> okay. There is no project to talk about. I don't know what you are talking about. I, I don't know what you are talking about. But, <laughs> but luckily, a combination of, of of yeah, a combination of smart people plus the economics degree that I largely sn- uh, snoozed through have actually solved that one for me. Um, I wanted to ask about copyright. Because obviously we talked about royalties quite a bit. It's something that foundationally has been quite important, certainly to to uh, Stargaze in terms of like, you know, it's literally front and center in the UI when you look at uh, projects that are launching and all of that sort of thing. Um, but obviously royalties and copyright and what people are actually buying, I think, is for um maybe people who are kind of aware about how copyright works and and you know sort of artists and creators and whatnot is quite an interesting issue like what do you guys think about the the question of what people are actually buying when they buy an nft like with relation to ownership and copyright and that sort of stuff do you think it matters <laughs> yeah. do you think yeah, I mean, value I mean
6: well uh, well in our case we just um you know we we handed over to to the creators you know you know so they can choose like whatever license they want um if it's like cc0 or you know or any other license um they can they can put it in the metadata um but i'm sure Sisla has like a more kind of a
5: deeper answer here for this <laughs> no actually we did our best to incorporate that uh but uh yeah a lot of the creators you know they were uh, they didn't have specific copyrights that they were giving out you know they uh not, not a lot of them actually are aware they're not too deep into copyright they're not too deep into understanding the maybe the business aspect of uh, art creativity so you know what can it lead to later on is not something that you know many have thought of so when it is a cc0 asset right like you know maybe a uh, uh, yeah th- there have been multiple examples of music being released in C- as a cc0 asset and that That is like it's fine, you know, people can do whatever they want, but uh, when it's original art that's not declared as anything, that's still a problem. So, you know, we mentioned that like if there is uh, uh, you know, yeah, if there is no license, uh, in some sense, right, it it'll become CC0, but uh, you know, we didn't have like great support for that, so you know, we we had to educate people on the licensing part, so we are next like in the next phase of Mints and Creators that we are onboarding, we want them to have a metadata field that will say, you know, licensing and it'll have to have something associated with it. Even if it's just like a IPFS link again, right? Like to some random doc that they write, that they, you know, design the copyright nature of the content and so on and so forth. But uh, definitely we are planning to, you know, first start off with the creative common licenses and then go ahead. But, you know, like when we are yeah we're dealing with uh, movie studios and record labels and we we just like uh you know yeah there there were models where they wanted their own chain and we let it stay that way right like we didn't want those assets to be put up here and eventually sometime later when someone else infringes that copyright you know it's a it's it's a pain and you know we are also planning on a on models where people can challenge you know if there is you know if i've produced something and you know null has like you know used that as an nft or you know just uh, utilized in his nft yeah we are working on models to facilitate that but it's not like foolproof nothing is foolproof in that sense uh, right. there is so back
1: to the it's back to the if blockchain is culture then then you know all of, all the tech problems become social problems right uh you know uh when I, well i mean so i remember this happening like when people first started making like social tools for sharing music like way back in the day like um Bandcamp. amazing in the early days because they had that license field where it was like cc0 or ccsa or all rights it was just i think it was just three options in the early days but you could like literally go like oh this is this is cc0 or you know it's it's non-attribution, non-commercial, but otherwise go for your life, remix it, or it's, um, you know, all rights reserved. Which, again, I'm I'm super surprised that isn't, that wasn't just in
5: EIP uh, uh, 721 in the first place, right? Um, Oh, that's because, like, not all assets are CC-based. Movies, like, movies are broken down into, like, 276 rights. If you sell each right, you make much more money than, like, selling the entire movie so yeah i (laughs) guess i I guess i'm kind of
1: i i I, I kind of guess i only really know mainly about the music side of things so that's just showing my own ignorance there of the licensing situation for some some types of media right (laughs) No,
5: no like definitely they they share a lot of things but uh yeah video licensing audio licensing image licensing you know these are these are like and these are pretty left to interpretation in multiple jurisdictions this is not like pretty standard and personally, in a country like India and Asia, these are not really organized you know, even in the West, like something in the in something that's interpreted as X in US might not be the same in Europe, right? Europe has a completely different standard in terms of how content is handled as a whole, you know, so yeah, these are these are not interoperable. <laughs> so you know, that's a huge challenge. There are no standards. So yeah, that's a huge challenge.
6: Not I mean, I think I I think we can start to make some new standards um, based on how things work on blockchains, right? So yeah, uh, it, it, things like like buying a license and stuff like that, or you know, buying out a license for an NFT for a certain period of time or something like that um, yeah. is possible.
5: Yeah, I mean, we've seen social tokens get. I mean, like Fwb DAO on the Ethereum network, uh, they like they have an event that I think that costed about uh, ten or 20 fungible tokens to you know actually enter the event but you know people didn't have that and uh, you know there were other members that weren't attending that delegated so you know you can delegate your access pass you can do a lot of things so like our model is you stake for x days and you license it for like you know lower than x days right and you know within that period you know the nft stays in that account you know you can maybe create derivatives that are time-based and so on and so forth. But these are models that we are still working on. So when you stake, these are some of the things that might happen with a normal fix model.
2: So going back to um, storage, I I wanted to mention something there that uh, I didn't get to get in there. But I have a request that if you do do something with storage that is required by validators, please make it a separate directory that can be like assigned as a separate home. So we're not all having to have like 10 terabytes of data on NVMe.
5: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it will probably be a different node, right? Shame. Well, I mean, if, if it's something probably, that yeah. has to be
2: managed by the validator
5: specifically on that node, yeah, definitely. The validator, the validator is just the human abstraction. It's just the human. Right. So oh, you know, it again, so. carrying around, <laughs> <friggin'>.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that could be. I mean, that that would be a serious problem, though, in terms of cost um, cool. to manage long term, because NVMe ain't cheap, especially if you're using cloud. And um,
1: <laughs> yeah, to ask me about my uh, AWS yeah, bill.
2: The Freya knows all of it. It constantly yeah. talking about the bill. Does nothing about it. <laughs> just, just yeah, like, or, well, this I is like I I corporate world I refuse to do anything about it but I'll constantly complain about it
1: yeah okay well there, I don't know there, there have been some things happening in in Juno the last few weeks that might have kept my attention elsewhere than uh doing what I think is quite janitorial ops work I, I can't think what it is that has been taking up so much of my time but um I'll go away and have a think about it maybe i'll I'll get back to you on that one um, what's been
2: taking up your time?
1: Yeah, I can't think. I can't think what what series of events might have taken up any of my time over the last four weeks. Um, yeah. So, guys, I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking we've, we've taken up. We've, we've taken up quite. We, speaking of taking up time, we've taken up quite a lot of your time. So like, I'm I'm really interested to. Uh, <laughs> hey. Very funny um, I, I'm really interested like what, what what are you guys most excited about um, you know it's coming up on your projects this year I mean I, I think I can guess what what it might be but I'd like to hear you guys talk about it
6: um, I mean from the point of view from stargate just very excited about uh, building the mar- the marketplace getting the marketplace out there and um, have some kind of fun features planned for that uh, one thing I kind of want to do is build this um, kind of pool where anyone can submit a token or like an NFT and then they can get another one back, a random one back. That's like at least a floor price of that NFT. Um, so just kind of like fun things like that we have planned.
1: Nice. I mean, I'm looking forward to the marketplace uh, big time also because I, went a bit crazy and degened like way too many shot 114s and i figure i need to like trade them up like i need to consolidate the the like it, let's not even say how many i've got this is the, the, but I, I feel like i need to consolidate them into a manageable number of slightly rarer ones which i will do when there's a marketplace because i degen too hard um well so there's I'm,
6: like, like this like work. um impromptu like otc trade telegram group yeah. that's like sprung up and yeah. people have <laughs> Trading them now, so that's always an option. <laughs> don't tell me about that shade, I don't know. Yeah, do like, what
5: the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like from an OmniFlix standpoint, definitely, you know, looking forward to building this infrastructure and, you know, making sure that whatever we thought of from a licensing standpoint, uh, from a content delivery standpoint is achieved. You know, just getting the basics in place all around is what is important to us right now. Definitely, I mean, look forward to the fun features, uh, and maybe we can have some of those as well when we are interoperable, so, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Just just on that comment, um, Shane, uh, sorry, Todd has become an absolute NFT degen. He's not doing any DevOps anymore.
6: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry, Todd. You're so good at DevOps. Just Please keep doing DevOps. <laughs>
1: He, um, he, won't, he won't reveal exactly what he got and how many of them he got, <laughs> other than he just sort of came in ashamed to one of the chats the other day. We're just like, fellas, fellas, fellas. Much, yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yep. I've spent all of it, all of it on NFT.
6: <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, man, that's where all yeah. the staking rewards go, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. To, be,
1: to, be, to be fair, actually, you know, to wrap up the, the thing we were talking about before with the licensing and the, the, the fact that the glitch candies were CC0 um in the genesis thing again that yeah. got me good i was like cc zero this is these are yeah. really cool they're really nah, this is exactly my jam and then like 10 yeah, minutes yeah. later i'm like oh yeah okay Start <laughs> that doing that the conversion. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so
6: so he's actually going to airdrop like the video versions of them to like everyone who bought one so i think that's going to be pretty cool mm. they're pretty cool i like
2: lock those which is um, Shilti, what are you looking forward to, man, over the next week, month, year, decade? Uh,
4: outside of the blockchain space, um, I just got engaged. So, oh, um, congratulations. congratulations! Thank you very much. Well, I was in Puerto Rico without power, we were out on the waves, and that was the time. It moved you, yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> good for you, man. That's awesome. Thanks very much. So, is that
2: wedding going to be in Puerto Rico? Do we all get a bait? <laughs>
4: Uh, definitely not in Puerto Rico. Uh, most of my family is on the West Coast, and so it would be like a fifteen-plus hour travel time for them. Um, so probably in Pittsburgh. Okay, cool.
2: um You sir, but what are you looking forward to, man? Well, I just wanted to say, also,
0: I, I joined a little bit late, but really, so nice to meet. Well, I know Shane a little bit, and Sisla, so nice to meet you. I, I From a validator perspective, two of the best managed and run chains in the cosmos can we agree on that like just from yes, a
3: definitely.
0: initiation perspective test net main net launch i know my light is looting here because i'm out in the middle of the woods here but um but um what a, what a what an absolute joy to be a validator and be a part of both of these projects it's it's just awesome like you guys really like just how to do it right is this is the way you do it right um and it's been really a pleasure to to be a part of both of these and, these projects i don't know if you guys
6: give me a round oh thanks i mean i mean i gotta yes. I, I, I i gotta I like, you know, give hats off to jorge who's like does all the valid validator oh, yeah. stuff yeah. like he's just like totally on point with that stuff so
0: I, yeah Jorge's awesome. I, I work with him too but i, I just mean like just from how you guys approached it and like just making validators a part of the of how you partnered with validators i think going in the the selection not selection process but how that 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 that, um, that set came together um, just how to be able to launch without ridiculous APR and, and other types of things that are going like, like less degen type situations, which, which, you know, nobody wants to run an auto compound script and, and we've never run auto compound scripts on either Stargazer or Omniflex, which is amazing. Um, and it's just been, it's been a real, it's been a real pleasure. So. Uh, just wanted to, just to say that and make sure everybody understands the the just the the quality of these of these two projects in the in the ecosystem because they are they're awesome. Like they, are, I think we're everybody's extremely excited about what's coming this year and, and beyond. Um, what am I most excited for? I I don't necessarily know what's going on this week um, from an excitement perspective. Um, I mean, Did you want to see
1: what went on chain earlier?
0: I, I don't know. Prop eighteen is super exciting, though. I'm, I'm ex- really excited to talk about that and and just have the pitchforks come out around validators and everything else going out with Prop eighteen on Juno. But we'll skip that for right now. Um, no, I think I think this is a um, it's a good week. Like I, I think there there's a lot of new things coming out. Like like Crescent just launched their or at least you're talking about their mainnet and what's going on there um some new projects coming forward and those types of things so i think that's kind of my list for right now
2: awesome um the frame, what are you excited about mate? no No, you first
1: man you didn't even say you didn't say like most dgen things you've got away for that one so you got to say one now
2: well i'm actually what i'm excited to see and this is related to nfts is I want to see development in wallets and and i'm excited to see someone build a product that will bring together the nft platforms kind of like a um like an ibc interchain dgen bloody interface that actually like an explorer that you can just explore all of the nfts all in the one place interact with all of the networks Like, I'm talking if you've got an NFT that you want to take from uh, Stargaze to Omniflix, you drag and drop it, pull out your thing and get RSI on your finger uh, 40 times a day. And I want to see that off Secret and Omniflix and Stargaze and what's that other one called? Iris? I think they got NFTs, right? I want to see all the NFTs all in one place, and I want to see that funded by someone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so I think that could be really cool and I think so that's not, really a cool guys, not a big ask then not a big ask at
5: all actually
2: yeah well I mean not a big ask <laughs> so Mintscan Mintscan is starting to like bring NFTs into their platform but I think we need like a purpose built NFT spot where people just like you know when someone starts talking about an NFT you can just bring up the the website nice fast website with, like, you know, I have a name, Degen FT. Degen.zone. Degen
1: FT. I think that's, I thought I thought that was brilliant. I was like, I'm registering this is... that right now. There we go. Um,
2: yeah. Can you buy that, Rhino? Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah, um, game of knows yeah. Chain
1: coming to support the Degen NFT <laughs> project. <laughs>
2: yeah. We'll launch a so chain jet? just to have the foundation to fund that. Yeah. Um, Ray, give it to us, mate. Yeah. What are you so excited about? You've waited till last year. I know it's something huge.
5: <laughs> hey, uh, like um, just, bef- just a small point. Sorry, go. go, yeah, so yeah, so go for it. Yeah, yeah, like Null, you were saying, uh, yeah, you were talking about that know, uh, interface, right? Like we have been building something. I mean, we we build you know decent. Uh, I mean, we build like base level apps for a lot of things. And there's something called OmniFlix.me, which is like a profile, right? Right now, there's no blockchain level interoperability or anything like that. What we have planned for is you know, first we're looking to make sure OmniFlix NFTs are displayed in some sense. You know, you'll have tabs. Where it'll say Stargaze, you know, it'll just say Terra, you know, Iris, and so on and so forth, and we'll make sure there that, that there are integrations there that will just like query and display NFTs. and that's about it. Maybe you know you should be able to uh, go ahead and uh, you know initiate some transactions, base level transactions, but only whatever is possible, you know, at the base level, and you know not too specific. So this is something that we have been focused on and deprioritized it for a few other reasons, but uh definitely something like that is in the works. Uh but not the DGN
2: <laughs> I wanna write the spec for the UX. <laughs> so in other words, you, you wanna draw the boxes
1: on the piece of paper that we that somebody else has to go away and build.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, but I want to write it in words to make it more difficult. <laughs> Excellent. That's that's always panned out well in my experience. Uh, <laughs> and it'll be written in one hundred percent Australian, so yeah, please, like phonetic, phonetic
1: Australian, and I'll have to, I'll have to run a, like a find and replace over it to remove all the instances of the word
2: "cunt." <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, not
1: for the children. Yeah, that's yeah. Trying to avoid we, that on
2: the podcast, man. Gonna, <laughs>
1: yeah, actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can get banned from the Apple Store for that one. I've, I've got a pin
2: in my shoe that I like press into my toe to, you know, suppress <laughs> <to> it. <laughs> Yeah, I what are you excited about, man? about? you've that. been you've been avoiding it like the plague.
1: Yeah. Let's go. Bit. yeah. Um. Okay. Honestly, um, I'm actually quite excited. one of the projects we're working on, is gonna do, gonna hopefully Thank test net, um, this weekend or in, in the next seven days, and it's it's real. It's like been a really fun and dorky project that I've not put nearly enough effort into. Uh, because of the various dramas on the Juno chain, but the other folks who I'm working with are awesome. And uh, yeah, some it's it's not the first, it's not it's the fun. first, um, but there's the, a, a lot of the stuff around what it is it really interesting. And, um, first, Yeah, it's not the first, but anyway, there's there's a lot of stuff that, that that's thrown up, which I think is really interesting, and it's got us thinking about addressability and wallets and and a lot of the kind of ergonomic stuff that i think uh we have strong opinions on but like i say at the moment no time nor economic incentive to work on um but yeah uh, that's that's what i'm excited about this week uh,
2: i mean i don't think any of us have received an invitation to participate in that test net the frame
1: <laughs> well well, well yeah. just not me I'll send. Yeah, yeah. You know, usurper was like, uh, Null's a bit of a loose cannon. Do we really need this guy?" You
6: know,
1: uh, it's true. Uh, uh, I'm not even sure we've actually bought a domain yet, so we should probably just like we'll send. We'll send. I'll send. I'll send you a link when uh, when something's up, and you can go. Oh, this is this is what you're being secret about is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, I think is going to be exactly it's your reaction. Uh, to be clear,
2: I feel like I feel like you just haven't invited me because of you know maybe some past comments on some of those ideas that you're working on <laughs> i feel yeah. like you i oh, feel like yeah, you're yeah. like a little bit sore at me and now you're just locking me out you're shutting me out
1: yeah no it's it's not that but, <laughs> yeah. but anyway actually do you know what, the other thing i'm excited about is that obviously we're we're testing the unity prop at the moment um is doing a lot of help with that as well and uh assuming i didn't screw up writing the genesis file for that that starts tomorrow afternoon my time has
2: it been going well
1: uh i mean the contracts had a preliminary audit and it's a pretty f- stupid contract like it i mean no, it's not stupid but like the logic involved in the unity prop contract is not hard the reason it's interesting is because it's novel to use a smart contract for governance not because it's really hard to write that logic like the logic involved is pretty straightforward and it's got lots of unit tests and like i say preliminary audit done um but actually running through all the scenarios that we would need to run through in order to verify it will do the thing that we expect is is complex and that, that's quite interesting um but obviously you know uh, prop 18 is now live so maybe maybe we've wasted our time i don't know we'll see um
2: not but- by the looks of it so this is what's, the scotty looks, looks pretty there. safe right now yeah what's the current voting like i haven't
1: really it's looked like, i just saw it went live and i was like good luck to you with veto. crazy i was like it's shine mostly, on your crazy diamond you know
2: it's mostly pitchforks at the moment yeah i have never seen so many like individual votes for no with veto it's pretty high yeah it's over over 55 percent of the vote was like yeah well, i think so it was no no with veto
1: so is this going to be the first no with veto in the Cosmos ecosystem then, assuming it passes? No, it's happened before. Right? It didn't happen in osmosis before. Right, okay. So,
0: I think it has.
2: Yeah. so, so what? This, this prop went up overnight in Australia, and when I looked at it, it had over 6,000 individual vote no with vetoes.
1: Yeah, but okay. overnight in Australia is like prime time U.S. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, nobody, knows, no, nobody knows.
1: what that means. Who's, who's writing <laughs> in the middle of the night? Oh, like a country of three hundred million people.
2: <laughs> nobody knows what up that We for a few hours, right? And it's like
1: <laughs> least, say
0: what it is in like Europe or yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, I, I don't think I, honestly the five hundred the five hundred Juno is not really going to make a dent in the uh, two million. Uh, coffers of the of the way everybody's like i'm going out and taking this 500 juno like nobody cares that's <laughs> fine <laughs> just vote no it's fine like it's no big deal just vote no if you want to vote no you don't have to you're not really you're not making a statement so much with the no with the veto here
2: well i think there's there's like already almost 40 percent of the um of the tokens voted so even if like everyone else who uh voted, just voted no or yes, I think they would still get vetoed, right? Because it's only like, what, 30%? It's 33%. I think we're
0: just talking about 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 this, right? 33% not including the abstains, right? 30% of total, or 33% of total with the abstains. I think it's with the abstains. I think the original design
1: was supposed to be without the abstains, but it was implemented differently. Right. Once again, Jabby, our favorite pedantic detail person, pulled pulled a well actually right. by looking at the code and then going back to the SDK and I think raising an issue and going, hang on a minute, which one's wrong? The documentation or the code? And well I think and then Sonny came back and said that
0: he did they did mean it that to be 30% including the abstain. So I think that's
1: Yeah. So it was so so ostensibly it. the code was right and the documentation right. was wrong. And so I right. think Jabby then went and raised a documentation PR on Cosmos to to change it so that it is actually what what it
2: says it is. Jabby does apology. definitely dot the odds and cross the t's there. Like he's the he's the cosmos notori- notorator, notorator, notorator Yeah, he's notor- he's, notor- he's, notorator.
1: Speed run, he's speed he's speedrun papers. Please, do you know what I mean? Like he. <laughs> A quick quick apologies to both Shane and Sisla for for us bringing it back to Juno Proposition
0: Sixteen oh, yeah, Seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> it always it, this conversation always comes back to this.
1: It always comes back. I
0: can't back. wait. I mean, I, I, I can't believe <laughs> I you guys are doing on. a
6: podcast with, like, all the stuff going on. It's crazy yeah. how you guys manage your time.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, the, I probably, was, the, the thing is, was, we would do this everybody. anyway. Like, we would just talk anyway. So, why not, like, just talk with the little light turned on instead of turned off that's right <laughs> <laughs> the on. that's right
1: I, I think that was actually noel's original pitch of this podcast was like that was we, my yeah.
2: pitch for the podcast i'm like well we talk shit all the time anyway <laughs> well, let's not just like record it and let people watch us talk shit that's right yeah
0: except somehow today you're, you're wearing a colored shirt so you've kind of classed it up a little bit but i don't understand what's going on I thought we had an agreement on no collared shirts and you have a collared shirt on with a data center background. Is that because is that Shane and Sisla here? Is
2: that why you've classed it up? So I'm actually in a room that is that entire wall's a mirror. And Oh if really? I, if I didn't put something in there, there's yeah. a lot of weird stuff going on. Uh, exactly. so i just is just like, worse
0: than this with a light, a uh, bug light on my half of my face. Is it worse than that? Man, you're it has to be. Your your view there is almost it's artistic.
2: Bad. I quite it's like bad. it.
1: <laughs> it um, kind of it kind of looks like it's going to go kind of dueling banjos at any time. There, it, it, I'm in that region. So so you know you want to be you want to be careful. In that region, I, I know precisely yep. one thing about that, and that's that film. So <laughs> not quite in that region, but of
2: course. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, we're at 90 minutes. We should uh, wrap it up. Thank you so much to um, Blockchain and Cislo for coming on. We've really enjoyed having you here and I think we got out some like nutted out some pretty good conversation about some some ideas and and where we're headed. So thank you very much for coming. We appreciate yeah, thanks it a lot. for bearing with us.
0: We should do this again too because this is a great conversation and we've only like scratched the surface on this and this is a